Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I am Apollo. Apollo, one word. One word. Just like Beyonce. Or uh, (laughs) Prince. Yeah. Beyonce, Prince. One word. Welcome to the podcast. We are here from the Reawaken America Tour event in San Antonio. Big event taking place, fighting for medical freedom, fighting back against vax mandates, mask mandates. Got people here fighting to... Uh, basically fix and, and and fix the 2020 election. That's what Joe's here to talk about. But lots of great patriots here. Have you talked to anyone? Have you met anyone as we've been setting up? Oh, there's uh, there's so many people. A lot of them uh, we've spoken to before. We've had a few of them on Conservative Daily uh, as guests on other episodes, as well as a few of the other times that we've live-streamed from the Reawakening uh, America events. Uh, I was just speaking with a uh, producer for uh, Ann Vandersteel for Steel Truth uh, with the Whiteheads. They came over and said hi to us. Uh, they're awesome people. Dr. Cordy Williams' team is here. I think he's running around talking to people. Uh, but there's some really, really cool people that we're going to have on later today uh, and tomorrow as well. Uh, but there's a, a lot of really exciting stuff going on. Uh, this event, we got started a little late. They had some issues here at the venue, and they were so, just so everyone knows, the venue was so uh, like overcrowded. They were having such a hard time getting people in uh, that w- that's part of the reason they started late. There was a line. I mean, it was the entire parking lot. Right? Yeah. It, it was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know. I know. We talked a lot about the Rittenhouse trial. Max did a great job going through uh, several hours of that yesterday. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be talking this first hour kind of about all the things that are going on. Uh, talk about some of the things that are going to be happening today. So it's interesting. We have obviously this is a conservative event. We can't watch the Rittenhouse trial here right now. Yeah, for, no, this for, is for funny. whatever reason. The network administrator, whoever they're using, has decided that the Rittenhouse trial is not safe. I mean, this is a church, so um, uh, we're probably piggybacking off of church Wi-Fi, and I guess they don't want murder trials to be streamed on their Wi-Fi. So we're not going to be able to watch it. But we do have um, our producer back in Denver. Fill in, fill in, fill in producer Zach. He does have um, the Rittenhouse trial. So we might go to that if things are happening. There was just an interesting exchange. I was able to watch a tiny bit of it to sneak a tiny bit of it through. They were criticizing, they were condemning um, one of the photojournalists, one of the videographers, for hiring an attorney when the prosecutors demanded that he hand over his footage. So they were criticizing the fact that he was using an attorney as a go between. I mean, this prosecutor has been insane. I think he's looking for a mistrial. I think ultimately he wants a mistrial so he can walk out in front of the cameras and say that the judge stopped it, not that a jury of Rittenhouse's peers decided he was innocent. He'd much rather go out in front of all of the cameras, all of the media, and say that it was the one judge who stopped justice, in his words, than put it before a jury and have them acquit. So I think he's actually trying to get a mistrial. He doesn't want a mistrial with prejudice. He wants to be able to, to try it again. But I think a lot of these things that we've been seeing him doing, questioning Kyle's right to remain silent under oath yesterday, which was absolutely insane. 
and now questioning a, a witness's right to retain counsel. Also, two very grave violations. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think that the jury's probably going to see through a lot of his games. But uh, yesterday was certainly interesting. It was, and I didn't get to watch all the footage that, that Max did. We were traveling, but that's really the impression that I had. Uh, I mean, again, I said it on the air yesterday, but from the stuff that we were seeing the first few hours especially, I mean, Kyle was coming across as a much better witness than the prosecutor was an attorney. And, I mean, it's almost like the actual charges that they're trying to, to get Kyle on, I mean, especially the murder, yeah. it's like they're purposely fumbling the ball, but then they're also at the same time trying to bring up all these other issues that really aren't the point of the case in order to make Kyle look bad. And what it appears pretty clear to me is that they're trying to still drum up this narrative that Kyle's this evil person and he was there to murder people. And they're trying to paint him in the exact same light that the liberal media has been portraying the case in general and the event as it happened um, so that, you know, you get a mistrial. Uh, and then, you know, they are going to blast out that the judicial system is corrupt, which it is but the other way around, and I think it, it might be a, a powder keg event for a lot of the same riots and, and unrest, which I think they really want to uh, to start off again, uh, as we saw last year. Oh, it's, it's going to be bad. When he's acquitted, it's going to be bad. And we've already seen, I think, the way this kind of fits in with everything going he, on here at the Reawaken America Tour event here in San Antonio is over the past year and a half, two years, we've seen kind of a, a shifting of the battle lines. I mean, if you talk to a Democrat two years ago and you talk to them about medical freedom, they would say, my body, my choice, and they would believe it. Whereas here, nowadays, when you say my body, my choice, the left will attack you because you don't have the right to decide what gets put into your body. You don't. You shouldn't have that choice in their opinion. Um, you shouldn't have the right to decide whether your children have to wear a mask. So there's been a shift and we see yesterday with Rittenhouse where you have LeBron James coming out and mocking Kyle Rittenhouse for crying on the stand. Oh, just, that was interesting. Just so we're clear, Kyle Rittenhouse has post-traumatic stress disorder. You don't need to be a psychiatrist, a psychologist to understand that this kid, when he was reliving that moment in his head, he had a complete breakdown because he was transported back to that moment. He was feeling the fear of what he felt when he was walking into that parking lot and he started being surrounded by people who tried to want to kill him. Right. So he broke down crying. It was it was raw. It was emotional. And you see LeBron James criticizing him. We've seen other reporters calling it. I think crocodile tears. Yeah. Were, were, was trending on Twitter yesterday. I mean, you go back two years ago. And if you were looking at a trial of a child who was being chased by a child molester and murdered, the Democrats wouldn't be wouldn't be making fun of the child for no. crying on the stand. So th there's been a there's been a realignment in American politics when it comes to what, I mean, we obviously, we're still conservative. We still believe in the right to life, the right, the right to keep and bear arms. But when it comes to just basic things like who should be believed, the child being chased or the child abuser, there's been definitely a realigning. Um, and it's been really weird to see Democrats just stake out these positions of, oh no, we support the child abuser. Like we learned not through the trial, but Rosenbaum, the guy who originally chased Kyle Rittenhouse, the first person who was shot, that day he was released from a mental hospital. Rosenbaum was released from a mental hospital up north in, in Wisconsin, and he left the mental hospital and went to protest. So when you hear all of these different witnesses talking about Rosenbaum as he was the most deranged in the crowd, he was the one who was trying to rile things up, recognize he was in a mental hospital just the previous day. 
And that's not admissible. They won't let you know that because it, they say it's not germane. But it is important. Like, like Kyle Rittenhouse did not kill a Boy Scout. He killed a convicted child abuser who just 24 hours earlier was involuntarily admitted to a mental hospital. Well, and, and so, I mean, there's a couple things here. I mean, number one, all of those facts about the, his victims, who they're, they're calling victims, and, you know, again, the liberal media, and, and kind of, you know, not even just the, the super uh, liberal uh, outlets, like, you know, most people who consider mainstream news as, as you know, a fair balance anyways. Uh, but they don't want you to hear about the backgrounds of the people who, you know, who Kyle did shoot. Uh, all of which who were assaulting him, uh, and this there's plenty of video evidence for that. But you know they accuse us of moving the goalposts all the time, and they are now clearly doing that in this case. Um, but again, the backgrounds of these individuals who they have been painting as victims, the conduct that Gage was, you know, admitted to uh, pointing a gun at, at Kyle, admitted, you know, to committing crimes. These people are still the. Uh, the victims. They didn't call crocodile tears on Gage. Well, he didn't cry. When, uh, well, he didn't cry, but he had, <laughs> you know, he had yeah. a little spiel. That's not the kind of person I yes, am. That's, yeah, you know, not I mean, kind of person that, I am. That, if you want to say crocodile tears, that's much more in alignment with that term than than what Kyle did. I mean, if you watched Kyle break down, uh, we've seen a lot of crocodile tears this year. You think back to the uh, the people who were at the Capitol who came on and said they were terrified for their life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've seen a lot of crocodile tears. That definitely isn't the one that I would point out as a, as a highlight of this year. I'll just be frank. And then, um, you know, there was the, in I think it was in alignment with LeBron's post right around the same time. I can't remember what news outlet, um, but they posted like word of the day or term or term of the week, whatever is Crocodile Tears clearly referencing this. It's just really interesting oh, yeah, to they, see uh, that. It was uh, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of that's automatic. A lot of that is um, they will just they have a, an algorithm that just searches for whatever the most trending word is of the day, and a lot of times they'll they'll post whatever the trending word is of sure. the day. But I'm sure there was some element to that. Well, but um, it's interesting. I, I, so I saw I might send it over if I can find it. Uh, did you see any of these posts of people commenting on the trial, and they're saying, "Oh well, you know, I one one made me laugh. It said I'm really educated and I'm really informed." But this was watching this trial. This was the first time that I knew yeah. that the victims of Kyle Rittenhouse were white. Yeah, I mean that 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 should speak a little bit to the media's job in portraying this entire ordeal. Well, yeah, the narrative has been that Kyle Rittenhouse was a mass shooter at a Black Lives Matter protest. So when you think of and they've pasted the the pictures of Rittenhouse, right? This white kid. When the narrative is put out and they don't actually show you the video, they don't actually show you the footage. There's a lot of people who just thought that he went to a Black Lives Matter protest, and I guess they presumed that that meant his victims were black, and it became this whole race thing where they thought he was a white supremacist. I mean, it's devoid of the facts, and you even had Joe Biden. Joe Biden's campaign put out a video accusing Kyle Rittenhouse of being a white supremacist mm -hmm. during the campaign, accusing him of being a white supremacist. He, he, when he gets acquitted, he's going to be a millionaire. I, I think he probably won't have to work for a long time. I don't know if he's going to have Kyle Sandman money, but he should. <laughs> he should, right? Because they have done everything they can to malign him, to call him a white supremacist, when he was quite literally just a kid there trying to trying to help people who needed help, put out fires. I mean, it was it was incredible yesterday to hear the prosecutor 
like belittling him for putting out fires. And, and the prosecutor was like, well, why were you there putting out fires? And he's like, well, the fire department wasn't doing it because no one was responding. And they're like, well, why didn't you call 911? Well, because they wouldn't come. <laughs> they're, 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 it's a riot. And there's just so many it, – it, it, it fits into the whole narrative, though, because when you look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case, the Second Amendment was on trial. When you listen to Binger talk about an AR-15 with such disdain – as if it's a super duper violent weapon. Like that's pretty much what he was describing it as. When you see his disdain for an AR-15, when you see his disdain for the very concept of self-defense, of being armed just in case, and he kept badgering Kyle saying, well, did you did you expect to, to have violence? Did you want violence? Did you know you were gonna need to? Just not understanding the very concept of self-defense. You then fast forward and, and it becomes the same issue with, with medical freedom. It becomes the same issue with your First Amendment rights. I mean, they, this is an assault on the very freedoms that we're talking about. And so whether you're talking about Rittenhouse, whether you're talking about um, First Amendment fights here, Joe is here. You want to sit down? You can sit down, Joe. No, I'm good. Okay. You guys, you guys have fun. I got to run around and I got to do interviews on other people's shows. Okay. You got it. Uh, there, if you go there. To yeah. The so right, regardless of... of Regardless of what we're talking about, the, the fight is ultimately the same. This is an attempt to redefine your most basic liberties, your most basic rights, your most basic privileges into terms that the left prefers. That you, that you don't have the right to defend yourself with deadly force if you are being curb stomped. You do not have the right to defend yourself with deadly force if you are being hit in the, in the head with a skateboard. You do not have the right to defend yourself when you're being chased by a child abuser in a parking lot. You don't have that right. You don't have the right to speak out when you uh, when you vehemently believe something. You're not allowed to speak out because that's misinformation, right? They're they're redefining your most basic rights, liberties, privileges, into terms that allow them to control it. Like right? they're turning your rights into privileges. You have the privilege to speak. Yeah, they're stealing these rights from us by redefining them, and that's kind of the uh, you know they're they're redefining things. And again, this is they continue to say that we're moving the goalposts. They've said this, uh, you know, for the January 6th people in the, you know, nonsensical uh, description of the so-called so insurrection. Uh, they've talked about this on the vaccine issue. They accuse the people who they, they label as tinfoil hat-wearing anti-vaxxers and all this, uh, you know, all, the, all these, uh, you know, vitriolic uh, terms that they use to describe us. They said, okay, well, you know, it's not tested. And then you know, they say, oh, well, we have the FDA approval or, you know, it was it was approved. It wasn't the one that they say was approved, again, without any studies, without any of the actual trials that are required typically without the emergency youth authorization. Those still have not happened. They will not happen for several more years. Um, but then they said, OK, you have approval. So now what's your problem? We said, well, uh, no, we still see there's a lot of problems. There's massive, massive questions about safety. We've talked recently about the studies showing the uh, rates of miscarriages. There's all kinds of data that's coming out that gives people very real cause for, uh, you know, for, for pause, for hesitation. And if you want to do it, that's fine. But, uh, you know, you don't get to go back and tell us that we're crazy and it's unacceptable uh, that we still have questions about what we put into our body when there is all of this evidence, even if there was none of the data that we're getting now about these uh, complications that are happening, about the, uh, you know, the risks that are, uh, that are associated with the vaccines, the issues that people are having with the myocarditis, uh, 
uh, you know, now we have Gavin Newsom with. We don't God know what he has. What happens? We don't him. know what he had. We just know that he's been, he, had, he was trick again. or treating for eleven days. Yeah, eleven days. That's yeah. all we know. I usually trick or treat for ten days, so I guess you know <laughs> we can't give him uh, too much of a hard time, uh, but we can. You know, wh why are why are they lying about basic things like that? Uh, th why are these people who continue to push these agendas uh, and continue to want to steal away our most basic uh, level of autonomy from us? We want to change our society in these massive ways. Why do they not? You know, why do they not hold themselves to the same standards? Why is it so one-sided? Well, it was interesting. I saw, um, it was in the news today, Bill Gates made a, a pretty startling admission that the first time I've actually heard him or anyone of that caliber when it comes to vaccine information admit that the vaccines are, he said, they're good at keeping people healthy, but they're not good at transmission, that they're not they're not good at preventing transmission, which was a, just a... a pretty big confession to come from someone who just a couple weeks ago was claiming that it did both and this is the but and this is one of the massive like the pillars for their argument this is one of the the keystone yeah. uh you know war uh you know their their war push that you know we've got to bring down the cases get the shot so that you know you keep everybody safe and then they're admitting something like that how do you how do you reconcile those well that's going to be i mean if we could actually get in front of a judge who would give it a fair shake that's going to be an interesting argument because the federal government does the federal government have the right to force you to be healthy if, if you want to go out and shoot up heroin obviously it's illegal right but does the government have the the right to knock down your door just because they think you might be shit up or, or anything like that. Does the government have the right to force you to go to a physical trainer, right? To force you to have a different diet. Because if the vaccines, the only thing that by Gates's, uh, Bill Gates' admission, the only thing the vaccine does is, is help some people have healthier outcomes and not have as severe of a disease, not even including the side effects. If that's the result, well, then the government loses the whole narrative that they want people to get vaccinated to reduce the spread. Right. So if the if the government derives its quarantine powers, its emergency powers from wanting to stop the spread of the virus and you're starting to see, obviously, Bill Gates isn't in government, but he's one of these leading voices. You're starting to see them admit that the vaccines that they have been mandating do not stop the spread. Right. Even if you end up having asymptomatic cases where you otherwise would have been symptomatic, you still have the ability to spread it. If you if the vaccine doesn't stop the spread, then there isn't an argument within the federal government's emergency powers to be able to mandate it. Because if, if they're able to continue to mandate a vaccine that doesn't stop the spread of a virus, then that's a crazy power. That's a crazy power that lets the government knock on your door, not knock down your door at 7 a.m. and force you to start waking out, working out, right? Force you to start lifting weights, going for a run because, oh, well, well, that's going to give you better cardiovascular health. So <laughs> as the government, we demand that you jog five miles a day. That's where you start getting into really weird territory. Well, and then, and you know, and that is really the direction that they are heading. But then again, you know, how does this all add up? I mean, they're running under that narrative and, you know, maybe not so openly, but that basically is the line of thought that, that they're, that they're using. So how then, why do they continue to push all these programs in all these major cities? You know, they're, they say it's good to give out free needles so that these people can, you know, can shoot up and, I mean, like, that's their, is that their metric of, of health? Is that their, their metric of safety? I mean, like, how do you, how do you reconcile all these, these different, uh, 
uh, you know, the way that I, I look at it, it's like running a restaurant, right? This is kind of our society. You know? This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. You know, when you're thinking about, okay, how do I take care of the employees? How do I take care of the customers, right? So there's always a balance in how much do I charge versus how much do I pay everybody? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you have an argument or a dispute, you have to side with the house sometimes, you have to side with the customers sometimes, but there is a balance and there's no one rule that really that really fits all. Um, but they, they don't seem to be balancing anything. No, and, and, and that's, that's something that we've talked about on the show a lot. When the, when the government has to interest balance, anytime that they are dealing with a fundamental right, your fundamental liberty, something that is essential to your existence as a human, your right to keep and bear arms, your right to free speech, your right to worship, these, these fundamental rights, not court-invented rights, but just the most fundamental rights that you have. Anytime the government wants to restrict them for a certain policy goal, they have to be able to prove that there is a, pub, there's a, a public end, there's a, a goal that they need to meet, and that in restricting your rights to meet that goal, they're doing so in the least restrictive way possible. This is a process known as strict scrutiny. So when you challenge the constitutionality of a regulation, it goes before a judge. If it deals with a fundamental right, that judge is going to, to use the strict scrutiny test and make sure that the government is doing as little damage to your rights as possible in order to achieve what they want to achieve. So we saw during the pandemic a complete, they were running roughshod over this very concept, shutting down churches, shutting down gun stores. It hasn't gotten a whole lot better. They've just gotten a little bit more sneaky about it, right? Forcing kids to wear a mask. Well, is in a state like Florida, we, we, talked to, uh, we talked to Dr. Steele, his daughter, Sophia, being masked against her consent, against their, the parents' consent. She's nonverbal. She, uh, she has uh, mental difficulties, right? And they tied a mask to her face. Well, that is clearly not the least restrictive means possible to achieve a public health end. And I think if we can get this in front of actual judges who are, aren't going to just rule the way that the mob tells them to rule, it's very obvious that none of these restrictions, none of these regulations stand up to that basic test. Could the government do less? Even if, even if we admit that the end is justifiable, which we really don't, right? Even if we, we were to say that it's worthwhile to do whatever you can to stop the spread of the virus. And they can't make that argument. Yeah, but even if we even if we were, were willing to cede that, are they doing it in the least restrictive way possible? The answer is very clearly no, they are not. So a fair, a fair shot in front of any judge would overrule everything. But I think what we've seen, and which brings us back to the Rittenhouse trial, that judge is awesome. <laughs> yeah, he is. And he is over 70 years old. There's not a whole lot of 70-year-old judges left on the bench. It's a dying breed. 
So you start seeing some of the other rulings that are coming down in other courts realize that the based judges, whatever, however you want to call it, they are unfortunately retiring, dying. We're going to be left with the millennial judges. My God, can you imagine if we didn't have like the Rittenhouse judge or other judges like him who are able to look at it clearly and, and identify, no, this is a violation of your rights. I'm, I'm nervous because obviously Donald Trump did a great job of, of confirming as many judges as possible. But even some of his judges we've seen have ruled very poorly on these most basic issues. So this is something where we have to keep fighting. We have to keep pushing back, which is why we're here at the Reawaken America Tour event here in San Antonio. Um, it's not an issue that has a, any one solution. But when you get all these people under one roof and you're able to brainstorm about all these things, like they were just saying that uh, I was listening a little bit earlier with when Clay Clark was up there. He was saying that they have literally been able to trace back fights at school boards that have rescinded mask mandates to people who got the will to fight at events like this. So that's why we come here. That's why we like these events, because uh, it's literally it's a grassroots effort to take this country back. Well, and you know what's, what I think is really valuable about, uh, I mean, you know, you, you'll see it at, at other uh, other types of events like this. And, you know, like you just said, it, it's wonderful and it's it's always really crucial to get people together and brainstorm. But, I mean, this one in particular, just as since I've been, you know, so present uh, to and I've, I've seen it evolve over the last several months, you know, there's there's been a lot of people who've been at these events. At, at this one, there's new people. There's been a, a few uh, who pop in for one or two events, but there's kind of a, you know, like an inner circle mm -hmm. almost. Uh, and maybe that's not the right word for it, but you see a lot of the same faces who keep uh, who keep showing up to these. And obviously, if you've been following the event, you'll, you'll know that's true, and you know who some of those people are. But uh, what I think we're seeing now, especially in the, over the last year, is not only are all of these people standing up and speaking out, you know, a lot of these people have their own, uh, their yeah. own battle. They have their own kind of mission, uh, all of which intertwine with ours and, and uh, a lot of the other individuals here and with Clay. Uh, but now I think you're seeing people align a lot more and you're seeing a lot more of a unified message. People are connecting in a better way, which has been a problem with the yeah. conservative uh, you know, movement in general is that we're individualistic. We don't, you know, we don't like to do what other people say. It's been kind of a, an issue uh, you know, in, in a lot of these Second Amendment groups and a lot of these uh, reopened Colorado groups. Um, yeah, so I, I just got a little distracted. That. I was looking Sorry at Joe. That. Joe is taking selfies with people. Joe's a rock star here. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's got like paparazzi always. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, uh, you know, the left is unified. Like they, they don't care about the, you know, the me, he game. Uh, Actually, they care a lot about the, well, they the do, he, but, she but game. A, but, okay, yeah, yeah, the he, she game. You're right, you're right. All right that, that that's a, their number that one issue. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they, as evil as they are, they are all playing on the same side. They, they fight the same battle, even as demented as some of the things that they, uh, that they are pushing. You know, the message is, is unified. It, it comes out in really weird ways sometimes, and sometimes they do eat their own. But they are playing ball with each other. And a lot of that comes from, you know, kind of the structure that's been built up around the media and the incestuous nature between a lot of these intelligence agencies and, uh, and these other groups who are directing all of this. But we haven't before, we haven't really played ball with each other very well. And that's really starting to happen uh, with a lot of the individuals here. You're seeing so many people getting connected and knowing uh, each other a lot better. 
And now everyone's kind of realizing that we are all on one team, which I think is is exactly where we need to be going. Yeah. We, we can't win this battle alone. And it's weird. As conservatives start to coalesce and work together more, we are seeing some fissures starting to develop within the Democratic movement. I, I like to go on Democrat TikTok. I like to watch the craziness. We've played some of the videos here uh, on the show, I think it last Friday, the Friday before, of just Democrats, liberals, just listing all of their pronouns. And they go for like 15, 20, 25 seconds listing all of the pronouns that they are okay with going by. Strangely enough, everything except for he or she. <laughs> and I was watching a video on liberal TikTok, and it was a lesbian. And the lesbian woman was obviously, she was liberal, she was a Democrat, and she was criticizing the transgender movement because she said when, when she came out of the closet, all she wanted to do was make sure that no one could put a label on her. And the new, younger trans, whatever you want to call them, the LGBT, L, A, B, C, D, G, A, Y, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the ones that are coming up in that movement, they don't want that. They don't want to have no label. They want to put as many labels on them as possible. So yeah. there's even little bits like that that are causing fissures within the Democrats. You have, obviously, the AOCs of the world who want to spend $15 trillion fighting climate change. And then you have the Joe Manchins of the world recognizing that $15 trillion doesn't exist. <laughs> right? I mean, like, you can't do it. If you took all the cash on Earth, all the actual printed currency, you couldn't pay for what no. AOC wants to pay for. So you're seeing that starting to happen where the moderates are starting to say, whoa, hold up, you're crazy. And AOC and, and those are going after them. So there are some fissures happening within the Democrat Party. Listen, it's not easy to, to govern. It's not easy to have control of Congress. It's not easy to have to control the White House. We know he wasn't elected. He was selected. It isn't easy. And we saw that happen with Republicans in Congress when Trump was in. The only thing they really passed into law was the tax bill. They, they squandered two years of, of Republican control of the Congress. You're seeing similar problems happen with Democrats. So it, it's not like they are all kumbaya happy right now. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, and, and those divides are getting much deeper and deeper every day. And many of the people are jumping ship. So when you look at that issue, when it comes to the trans movement, there's a lot of people in the Democrat Party, a lot of union workers who, who really just care about making sure they have a good union job that can put food on the table. They don't want to bring in 65 new pronouns into elementary school, right? They, they, that's not their issue. So the craziness of the Democrats are actually forcing some of, that, some of those more moderate Democrats to our side. I mean, we saw it with Trump. We saw it in, in the, the Rust Belt when it comes to like Michigan, Wisconsin, a move of blue collar Democrats moving away. And I thought that the Democrats were going to try and regain them, recapture them. But what we've seen from the left is an attempt to double down. Well, I think they just increase the crazy. I think in, in that the, the phenomenon you're talking about there, they, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot. And I don't really think they could have avoided it because now that they are at this at this stage, which is, you know, like the late stage, you know, if you think like, you know, late stage communism or late stage, like twilight zone, whatever, whatever you want to call the, the time that we're living in, they're, they're at a point where the things that they are pushing, the ways that they are, you know, basically demanding that people think and, and speak and refer to each other and the, the view of the world they're demanding with an iron fist that everyone ascribed to and everyone bow down to, it's so detached from reality 
and so obscene that they don't really have a choice because you can't go backwards from it. Because if they, you know, if they go back and try to recapture some of those people, they have to see ground. Yeah. Right. They have to. They have to move the line back. And I really, I don't think they could do it because then they have to admit that the things that they've been pushing are, are nonsense. Yeah. And and that's why. And, and you see that. You see that in California, as we've mentioned on the show, California will not change the regulation dealing with truckers and and what kind of trucks. I mean, they have this regulation in California, just to rehash it, that your truck has to be a certain age in order to be able to go to the port and pick up goods. So they're not allowing older trucks to go to the ports and actually pick up shipping containers because they believe that the older older trucks are pollute more, which is true. They have more emissions, but not, not by much. But they've set this arbitrary number where I think it's either five or seven if, if you have an eight-year-old truck, you can't go to the port to pick up a shipping container. If you have a seven-year-old truck, you can. So everyone's saying, hey, just get rid of this rule. Get rid of this rule. And then all of the owner-operators who own older trucks can go and pick up all of the shipping containers, and we won't have a backlog at the ports. But the Democrats won't do that because then you have to admit that commerce is more important than climate change. And they will never do that. They will never admit that their regulation was un- unrealistic, that it was b- overbearing, that it actually did harm. Because in their mind... Anything, any any consequence is worth it if you can stop a couple of diesel particulates or whatever from from entering yeah, the air, Colin. Yeah. So uh, that that's kind of in the same vein. They're not going to take a step backwards, and that's something Democrats have been very very good at. If if we want to be honest with it, they have been very good at identifying these issues, and they are willing to fight for generations to fix problems. Oh yeah, to, to get their agenda passed. They will. They look at gun control. Gun control is something they have been pushing for over a hundred years. They've been pushing for gun control for over a hundred years. And every time they get a little bit of what they want, they get a little bit. And then, and then the next time they just get a little bit more, get a little bit more. They never take a step backwards. You never see gun control regulations starting, start getting rolled back. No, it's always, only, it's always more, more, more. And if the gun control doesn't work, it's not, they don't admit that it doesn't work. They say, we just need more. Yeah. It just wasn't enough gun control. Yeah. So that, that's what we see from the left. They're very good at this. Republicans, one thing that we can do, I don't even want to call myself a Republican, conservatives, whatever. One of the things that we on the right can do a lot better is fighting like that, understanding that abortion is a generational fight. Now, I would love to throw a Hail Mary pass and have someone catch it in the end zone and abortion be gone. That'd be perfect, right? It'd be, it'd be yeah. wonderful. Is it going to happen? Are we all going to be Doug Flutie? throwing up the Hail Mary pass against Miami and winning in the last couple seconds? Maybe, most likely not, right? I'd much rather pound the ball, ground and pound, three yards every down and march down the field. And if it takes us a decade, it takes us a decade, but at least we've moved the ball. Yeah. Whereas what, what, what it seems like so many people who are in this fight, obviously with the exception being the Texas law or heartbeat laws or things like that, those are Hail Mary passes. And maybe they get caught, and if they get caught, I'd love it, right? But we're not seeing the incrementalism that we see from Democrats where they're willing to march down the field, even if it takes them a generation, even if it takes them two, to reach that end zone. Whereas we're three, three Hail Marys and then we're punting. Well, and you know, that's what I think. It's, it's kind of what I, what I think people were, uh, were hoping for, you know, when we, when we had the Trump phenomenon, right? And all these people woke up and for the first time we saw a president, we saw, uh, we saw in our own government someone that was actually – moving back some of these horrible agendas and actually advancing things that were actually going to help the American people. But that's really what I think everyone was hoping for, was Trump was going to throw the Hail Mary, 
yeah. and, and I guess catch it himself. Like Trump, Trump was going <laughs> to, yeah, 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 yeah. he was going to be the quarterback who just ran the ball uh, the entire way down the field. And I, I think you know we we have obviously seen a lot of these these psyop uh, you know agendas where they they demonized the January sixth event. They turned it into this uh, this giant you know I mean this this nightmare in everyone's mind yeah. as a way to justify. Uh, you know, shutting everyone down as a way to threaten and intimidate all the people who actually came out to kill the movement, basically. Uh, and we saw a lot of people step back. And now there's been a, I wouldn't say the tension's gone. I think the tension's much higher than it was actually uh, in, in a lot of ways last year uh, and even in the beginning of the year. But everything is so explosive, but people still haven't gotten to the point where they can't be waiting for a Hail Mary. There, there's so much that has been uh, that has been erected, that has been planned around us. I mean, in all the pillars of our society and in our institutions, that people are almost there, but they're not quite at the point where they don't realize that a Hail Mary isn't what we need, which is one issue I have with the hold the line uh, rhetoric that I see everyone, you know, still kind of espousing. Is it's, it's way, way past the point to hold the line, guys. I mean, we need to be moving the line forward. We need to be advancing the line. I like yeah. Scott McKay he says, advance the fork in line. Yeah, that was the uh, the event that uh, Joe spoke at several weeks ago, um, but you know that that's where we're at. This this incremental, uh, you know, advancement isn't going to work for us right now. They've been doing that for so long that we we need to just put our foot down now and start walking back the other way, because we can't play the same game that they are. Because the game is designed to disempower us, the, the courts, yeah. all of these things. The game is not for us. The game is rigged. The well, entire thing is the machines are fixed. To, to flip the the often quoted saying upside down, the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. It's keeping the other side on its toes. The problem is, I mean, you talk about January 6th. I was reading a case this morning where there's a guy who took a baton from an officer and he punched an officer in the face but hit the officer's face shield. So he didn't hurt him. He just punched the face shield. He is now going to prison for four years. Four years for punching. Now, listen, don't punch police officers. You shouldn't do that. But if you punch a police officer and you hit their face shield, should the punishment be four years? That seems excessive to me. And I think that when you see the look at the left's response to January 6th and how they still try and paint this picture that it was an insurrection, that it was some attempt at destroying the United States government, which, listen, if that was the ultimate goal of January 6th, they wouldn't have shown up unarmed, right? You're talking about the most heavily armed voting bloc in the history of the world. And their their idea of an insurrection is an unarmed storming of the people's house. If it was an actual insurrection, it probably would have gone a lot different. But the reason that they are throwing the book at these protesters, the reason that they are doing everything in their power to lock them up and throw away the key is because they want to make you afraid of fighting back. Because we look at January 6th and we see, we look at, um, the ellipse where Donald Trump was giving that speech. We see that people came out to listen to the president of the United States speak. We see, obviously not including the punches or, or any violence that broke out, we see the protests around the Capitol as an attempt to, to petition the government with a redress of grievances. That's how we see it. And when we see people getting thrown in prison for using the bathroom inside the Capitol building or walking around taking selfies or putting their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, all while they probably shouldn't have done that, to, to see them throw the book at me, it makes us, it, it's designed to give us all pause and make us think twice about protesting because we would know that that's what 
would await us. Like you go back through American history, we've talked about on the podcast before. You look at Shays Rebellion, you look at the Whiskey Rebellion. These are uh, these are times in our history where there are, were actual insurrections, where people took up arms against the United States military at the time. George Washington had to had to take the soldiers out to quell a rebellion, and the rebellion was actually taking shots at the soldiers. They were sentenced. The, the people behind these these different rebellions were sentenced to death, but then they were pardoned because they, the government at the time, Washington, everyone involved, understood that if you want to have a country, you can't just put people to death every time they have a political disagreement with you. If they could pardon people who actually took shots at and killed American soldiers, why are they throwing the book at people whose only crime was walking inside of the people's house? It's because they want to make you afraid. They want to make you think twice about protesting because they would much rather you sit at home and just accept life the way it is then get off your butts and try and change it. So that's their ultimate goal. And that's why events like this are so important because obviously we're not all locked down anymore. We're not hiding indoors. So we're out and about more, but it's still important to see other like-minded people, right? To, to understand that you are not, alone, are not alone. You're not the only one who thinks this way. There's hundreds of thousands, millions of people who are willing to fight with you. And these are the kinds of events that, that rally that. Well, you know, and it's tricky to talk about some of these things sometimes. You know, we, you talk about, you know, four years for hitting an officer's face shield. I mean, you can make an argument that, okay, yeah, sure, in, in some situations you assault someone or you do something that would be, you know, considered assault or whatever the charge might be in a normal situation. And even if they're not hurt, you can say, okay, well, we want to treat that behavior harshly. Um, but it's, it's hard to, to talk about some of these things sometimes because it's so one-sided. And when you see all these double standards, the argument for the standard on one side that we want to hold as a true standard doesn't really make sense yeah. anymore. I mean, again, when you see how they're treating Rittenhouse, when you're seeing how they're, how they're treating and, uh, and speaking about and characterizing the January 6th rioters, the insurrectionists, but then you have all these BMN, BLM people who we watched for a year and a half, two years. Yeah rioting, hurting people, setting things on fire. I mean, at, at this point, how do we not just say, you know, screw it all? We need to walk back everything because you can't, you can't in, in good conscience and you can't to, to have any kind of system that you could even call resembling justice, something that treats people in one situation that way. And then the, you know, the friends of the political establishment, the, you know, the sacred people who are have been BLM, have been Antifa, have been the, you know, the prophets of liberal ideology, and they get this free pass. I mean, you see Don Lemon now, he's he's suing. Uh, did you see that? No. He's, uh, Who's he suing? He is uh, suing, who was it? Um, I think Kelly? Megan Kelly or someone? Um, they uh, they came and had him on, on their show to talk about his sexual harassment claims. And he's suing them because they did that after... I mean, that, that's like CNN's favorite tactic. They'll, yeah. They've done that how many times? And that's kind of the point. What, how do these people get away with this? And then the media just eats it up, and if it's on their team, then cool. Yeah. You know, how dare they? I mean, people need to realize that the, it's all rigged, and not just, not just one thing, not just one judge, not just one court, not just one news station. All of this is completely designed to rob you of your power, to rob you of your voice, to silence you, to intimidate you, to divide us, to make us feel like we're alone, to separate us from our neighbors. Uh, I mean, this is kind of why I say the advance the fork in line 
deal that, that that's really where we're at. I would really love for, um, I know this has kind of, kind of a, been a, a big debate sometimes, but with how far gone some of our establishments are, I would really love for a Hail Mary and, you know, some collection of judges they end up ruling on all these things and it actually gets, yeah. you know, the, uh, the treatment that it should in our system. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's really going to, to be a, you know, tearing down of the establishment by the people. Uh, in in a big way. Well, yeah. Just to look at just to look again at the Rittenhouse case, the prosecutor isn't just trying to take down Kyle Rittenhouse. The prosecutor is also serving as a defense attorney for the rioters. So yeah, if, if, I mean, who if, are you, you notice? For? He is deliberately trying to belittle arson, uh, property damage. Right? He's he's acting like the, a riot's no big deal, even though a riot had been declared. Which is why, yeah. The justice system has a lot of problems, but the fact that the Rittenhouse judge is giving, I mean, we're celebrating him, but it shouldn't be exceptional no, to do what is no, right. You know what I mean? Standard. It shouldn't be we exceptional. We shouldn't be impressed by him. I mean, we're, we're, we are impressed by him because we're so used to bad judges to see him come out and say, no, I'm not going to let you violate Kyle Rittenhouse's constitutional rights. No, I'm not going to let you do this or this. It, it's been so fun to watch because we've been become so accustomed to the opposite, where a judge isn't actually following the law, they're just ruling by their opinions. So that's why I, I think it's been so so fun to watch in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Now, hopefully, it either doesn't get to a jury and he throws it out or the jury acquits. I think we're going to see, if you think Kenosha was bad last time, if, if when Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted, I think you will see 10 times worse. Because people have been so, they have been, brainwashed into thinking that he was this white supremacist. And, and this is the deal. If, if someone tells you that the other side is a white supremacist, the other side is Hitler, the other side is a Nazi, well, what do you do? Do you just go to sleep at night and say, oh, yeah, that's fun. We got Nazis in the White House. All right, wake me up, honey. I got to get to work tomorrow morning. No, if, if you actually believed that there were Nazis in the White House, that there were white supremacists pulling the levers of power, you would do everything in your power to stop that, right? So... That's where this has gotten. They actually do believe that we're dealing with, with white supremacists, with Nazis. So it, the derangement, it, I mean, like, it, if there actually was a situation where a true white supremacist got released, we'd be pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd be, be pissed. pissed. We, we wouldn't go riot, but we'd be pissed. No, I mean, I wouldn't burn down <laughs> no. all the, all the uh, businesses no, in my neighborhood. No, of course not. I mean, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> but the impulse is similar to what what the left feels. The difference being that their solution is, oh, let's burn it all down. I, like they actually think that when Rittenhouse is acquitted, that that will mean a white supremacist got away with killing black people. There are people who believe mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is just not even true. So we have a lot of work to do. And part of that is re-education, not the way that communists use it, where you have to go to a camp, but, but shining a light on things that the media isn't covering, which is something this podcast has strived to do since the very beginning cover things, issues that the, the mainstream media won't give enough time to or won't give any time to, which is why it's so important for you to share this podcast. If you haven't already, hit that share button. If you're not on Facebook, copy the URL and share it into your other platforms, whether it be Telegram, Signal, wherever you hang out. Share this podcast so we can reach more people and we can get this message out because the only way we win is if we all work together. And the only way we can work together is if we get in the same room, right? Get in the same chat, reach the same people. 
So I implore you all to, to make sure that you hit that share button if you haven't already. Going to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Liberty Cigars. Liberty Cigars is a great American company, a great American company, and they have a great, a great American product. Now, they have obviously imported tobacco cigars the way you'd want it to be. You don't want American tobacco these days. Well, we might we might be stuck with that. We might but be I'll stuck with that on. eventually. But all of their packaging is proudly made in the USA. And their whole deal is that they have historically themed cigars. So when you go to libertycigars.com, you're going to want to make sure you use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E. And all orders over $76, you're going to get a free Patrick Henry cigar added in for free. So again, go to libertycigars.com and use promo code BEFREE to get a free cigar on top of all orders over $76. And while we're mentioning podcast sponsors, we are all also sponsored by MyPillow. Our friends at MyPillow, they really do need our help. Lots I slept of, on one last night, you by did. the way. You did. I, uh, I, I try to, but my wife keeps stealing mine. <laughs> uh, so I guess I got to order more. But MyPillow, Mike Lindell, they really do need our help. So if, if you're looking at, at trying to figure out what you're going to get your, your friends and family for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you, you celebrate, um, if you're looking for a gift, really make sure you look at MyPillow. When you go to MyPillow.com, use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, and you're going to get up to 66% back. It's the best promo code that they have available. So again, check out Mike Lindell, support uh, MyPillow and all of the great American workers there, and get your friends and family a great American product for this Christmas season. And then just uh, as a as a note, uh, you know, if anyone has any questions about Mike Lindell, I, I want you to know. I mean, we've seen him a number of times on this tour. Uh, you know, the media, of course, has a field day with him, uh, but I mean, he is absolutely he's on fire for America. Uh, he has sacrificed a great, great deal, uh, and I mean, without asking for anything in return, he is he has suffered a lot just because he is a hundred percent invested in fixing what is wrong with our country, in fixing what is wrong with our elections. Uh, he is, you know, strong in his faith, and he, he is an amazing man. Uh, so he, de he does uh, deserve your support. He really does. And, and over the over the weekend, um, we're going to be interviewing some people later today, um, interviewing some people tomorrow. O over the weekend, we're going to be trying to, to reach out and, and bring on other voices who need your support too, um, people who are fighting mask mandates, people who are fighting for election integrity, um, trying to, to bring their, amplify their voice so they can reach more people too. So make sure you, you tune in for that. It might be a little irregular over the next uh, couple days, whether we go live at our predetermined time, right, of 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. It might move and, and shift a little bit depending. Like, I don't even know if we're allowed to broadcast at, at 6 p.m. in here. Or they might close us down. But uh, We'll be good until the event. But we will, uh, we'll be broadcasting throughout the day. Um, doing interviews, talking about things in the news. So make sure you stay tuned for that and, and, and check back here often. The best way that you can be notified on, on when we go live and what we're going to talk about is by signing up for our text alert system. I sound like a broken record when I say this every day, but it really is important. We are moving away from Facebook. So if you're watching on Facebook, Facebook's days are numbered. We're really getting tired of it. Obviously, between 50 and 100 people watch us there every day, and I don't, I don't want to get rid of how you watch us. We'll still probably post Rumble links on Facebook so you can watch it there. But I'm getting tired of, of Facebook censoring people in our comment section. When, well, and even I, the numbers. I mean, yeah. there, there are many more people that, that follow Conservative Daily. And we, I mean, we've seen this uh, just in the last year. I mean, they completely throttle us. And I mean, it's getting to the point now where 
we, we, we talk about it a lot, boycott, boycott, yeah. right? It's time to stop feeding the beasts. And I mean, so we're making this choice because this is, you know, I mean, we're going to stand by our words. Um, you know, it's not fair to the audience and it's not fair to us. And it, why would we continue to, to spend time there? Why would we, yeah. you know, why do you go into a coffee shop if every time you walk in, they tell you you're a, a white supremacist? It's the same concept. Yeah. So we're going to be moving away from this. Uh, the December 1st is the is the Heartbreak. Exodus Day, right? Ripping off the, the breakup. We're breaking up with Facebook on December 1st. And we really have to. Like yesterday I was looking at comments on Facebook and I saw someone comment, Kyle did nothing wrong. And it got, it got deleted. I didn't delete it. No one on our team deleted it. Someone on Facebook deleted just the comment, Kyle did nothing wrong. So we're now in, in, a, in a situation, and we've been there for, for, two year, for over a year, right, where if you go on Facebook and you support Kyle Rittenhouse, which you are more than, <laughs> you're more than able to do, right, he does have a defense, and the defense has done a very good job. If you go on Facebook and you say Kyle did, not, did nothing wrong, it gets deleted, and in many cases, you get suspended. So I'm tired of that. I'm, I'm tired of checking the comment sections and seeing a post there, and then it gets deleted. So we are going to be ripping off that Band-Aid. So I highly recommend that you sign up with our text alert system because the one thing I liked with Facebook was that they actually did give you an alert back before they censored us. would give you an alert when we were live. You can get that alert by texting the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You can add to our text alert system. And we'll give you a notification when we're going live, what we're talking about, and how and where you can watch. So make sure you do that. And just one more note, everybody. I want to, um, as we're making this shift away, because we're choosing not to uh, not to feed the beast on our end and go somewhere where you guys can actually have a voice and you're not being pulled down. But I'm going to tell you right now, all of you need to do the same. If you're following this, I'm going to make the, uh, the small leap that you already know that this is happening. And I'm well, I've seen a ton of comments, and I've seen a lot of people tell me that you have the same problems, and and that you know even in in other uh, ways on your own page, we know so many people who've been censored. Facebook is not the friend of us. Facebook is the enemy of the people, is the enemy of free speech, is the enemy of America. So get off Facebook. Go, we're on CloudHub. Uh, we know the the founder and the CEO of CloudHub, uh, Jeff Brain. We had him on a few months ago. Uh, you know, go to platforms that are allowing you to speak freely. Go to platforms that are allowing you to have a discussion, to actually say and speak your mind openly. Go to the places where people who are uh, who are able to be uncensored are actually spending time, and, and you can share their message. Leave these platforms, like Twitter, like Facebook, leave them. Just drop it. Drop yeah. it. It's time that we, we start circling the wagons and advancing the line and... Uh, one of the best ways to do that is just to cut off the enemies. Yeah. So I advise you all to uh, to make the exodus with us. And it's not just Facebook. YouTube is getting rid of the downvote button. Oh, yeah, that was the, cute. The dislike button. So I, only I you presume, will know if your video sucks. What? Only you will yeah, know only if your you video would know, sucks. But presumably to help the White House because the White House is the most disliked White House in the history of YouTube. That's not a big history, but it's Obama, right? <laughs> it's uh, Obama, Trump, kind of a big and deal. Biden. <laughs> But the ratio is in, is incredible. I mean, he goes live and instantaneously there's like 30,000 <laughs> dislikes. Yeah, it's wild. It's so wild. That it, this is the most popular president in history. Yeah, most popular president in history. So it's not just Facebook. We, we really have to take a, a bigger look at all the different things that we're – all the different technology companies, social media companies we use and realize this is true pretty much for every social media company. If the product is free, there's nothing really free. If it's free, you are the product. So if YouTube is free, you're like, oh, I go to YouTube because it's free. Well, no, that's because they're 
monetizing you. Yeah, they're making money off. They're you, making money off you. You're paying. Yeah, it's it's not free. It's definitely not free. You're paying yeah. in other ways that you may not see when you open your wallet or look at your bank account, uh, but it it is definitely not free. And uh, with some of the the data, you know, revelations that the public has has been made aware of in various ways over the last few years, people are starting to understand that. Yeah. But uh, understand that you are paying a great price for that. Yeah, you are. Well, we are almost out of time. Um, we're going to be coming back later in the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check to see if we're allowed to broadcast um, at our at our evening time, which would be 6 p.m. local, but 7 p.m. Eastern. So if we are, we will go live then. If not, we're probably going to have to just go live throughout the rest of the day. So stay tuned for that. And, yes, again, make sure you text the word FREEDOM to 89517 so you'll get an alert before we go to air. And um, we will be coming at back also. We will be coming back with some more interviews. Yeah. So uh, whether or not we can do our evening show, uh, with our setup here, uh, we will be coming back through the day. We're going to be live streaming parts of the event, uh, you know, while we're here, and we're also going to be pulling some people uh, into some interviews with yeah. us. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have some really yeah. Someone just dropped uh, off really a card. Awesome stuff. Someone, yeah, I don't know who they are. I've never yeah, seen. Them don't before. read it off online. We'll I won't. Figure out who I it won't. Is. But uh, <laughs> we have one taker already. Yeah, we got a card. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to all the different audio channels that we have. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, all great places. If you can, please do leave us a five-star review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to help us climb up in those rankings. Uh, but if, if not, just follow us somewhere else. It's very important that you do so. That's how we can prove the numbers to, to advertisers. Yeah, they care about the video views, but the audio downloads uh, tend to be what most advertisers care about. So please do subscribe if you can and follow us. We go live typically at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, if you haven't already, sign up for the text alert system. There's also a link in the description to sign up for our email newsletter. That's very, very important. That's how you get the fax spots. That's how you get other email alerts um, when, we, when we go out. So you have to make sure you sign up for that. Also, check out the Conservative Daily Store. We have a lot of new T-shirts up. Um, do we have the Christmas and Thanksgiving up yet? They'll be up uh, tomorrow. They'll be up tomorrow. So we're going to have uh, Christmas-themed T-shirts, uh, the ugly Christmas T-shirt, um, come and take it Christmas, come and take it Thanksgiving. So make sure you head over to store.conservative-daily.com and check out all the new apparel and cool stuff we have going on over there. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I am Apollo. One word, Apollo, just like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be it for this edition like of the podcast. Prince. Remember, like the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stamp and fight together. <laughs>